sometimes it's a little weird when you're at like a family gathering or something and like someone's like oh put on a christmas playlist and i'm like oh yeah i'll do it and then suddenly like um, it's punk goes christmas <laughs> yeah suddenly punk goes christmas is like blaring on the speakers You are listening to our holiday episode slash part one of our 2020 year end review. Um, we're going to be talking about, you know, our most listened to artists and songs, you know, holiday music. So we can spread some of that holiday cheer. God knows we all need it this year. Um, and finally, just <laughs> in that same line of thinking, talk about what the fuck happened this year. Because shit, it was a fucking clusterfuck. 2020, am I right? Hey. <laughs> probably the only word you can really describe it right um anyway this is just part one of our year-end episode so stay tuned for part two uh you know how it goes bi-weekly um so in two weeks from now where we will be discussing this year's best and worst and uh, you know you're not going to want to miss that but first as always no just kidding it's not music news Instead of talking about music news, we're going to go back and talk about all the music that came out this year, or just all the music that was listened to this year, really. Because, you know, some people are like, I don't care about your Spotify rap, but yet everybody shares it, everybody talks about it, so we're going to talk about ours. Uh, So before I get into it and talk about my top artists, I want to talk about a post that I came across um, that I found it was really, I thought it was really funny. Um, it's about treating the Spotify raft like a Zodiac. Um, and I'm not a big astrology person, but I was really intrigued by this. So I, you know, I dived a little deeper and like Googled like all the different, like kind of, you know, sun, moon, rising, all that stuff and like what it meant. Um, so stay with me here. So following this logic, my sun sign, uh, which would be like, you know, my essence, like who I am is all time low. Because duh. Big shock. <laughs> my moon sign, or my the emotional side of myself, is broadside. Neck uh. deep is my rising sign, or how I'm perceived by the world. Newfound oh, glory no. is my... Mo- yeah. Newfound glory like is um, my Mars sign, or how I deal with raw energy, like anger, sex, all of that. Yes. And um, I, I mean, I can definitely see newfound glory as that. I mean, I, I, I deal with yeah anyways um and my venus sign or how i define beauty art and love is with confidence and honestly like i know you said you were like hey on that newfound glory count but i gotta say it tracks all the other ones i could totally see especially like i when it said broadsides like my oh, broadside yeah my emotional side i'm like oh definitely like i i play off that i'm like whatever i don't give a shit about anything but i'm like super like emotional <laughs> yeah. i don't like i don't like mine i don't like any of mine as you were reading them i'm just like what the fuck you're like no well no i love yours me yours makes sense my first my first or my second one definitely makes sense but we'll get into that once we get into ours yeah so yeah so you guys heard mine all-time low broadside neck deep newfound glory with confidence you know i wouldn't say i'm surprised by these because you know aside from their new albums which I'm sure contributed to the data because, you know, All Time Low, Broadside, Neck Deep, Newfound Glory, all new albums this year, which I listened to all of them a ton. With confidence, I just like to listen to all the time and I want new music from them, but we haven't been blessed with that yet. <laughs> but, you know, these are bands that not only was I listening to their new albums, so that definitely contributed, but I listen to these bands on repeat all the time, just all their old stuff. Um, so, you know, no matter how much I listen to some of my other top artists from this year, um, like Meet Me at the Altar, Stand Atlantic, Boys of Fall, they had no chance to like catch up. And um, I, even though, you know, I gotta say Meet Me at the Altar almost made it, even though, you know, they don't have as much music as everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. But they their track, Beyond My Control, was number six on my top 100 song playlist. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they were right there. Right there. Um, but, but, you know, and I, 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 for me, at least, 
you know, kind of talking through our year and everything, I thought this was pretty indicative. Like, I think while, you know, smaller bands like Stand Atlantic, Boys of Fall, these rising bands were, like, definitely a big part of my year, uh, I, I gotta say, like, you know, I went to the classics. I went and uh, that, that that's relevant here. <laughs> so, like I said, mine are very interesting, and I want to preface this with I I don't really use Spotify except for, like, mainly for the podcast maybe every once in a blue moon i'll put it on while i'm working but most of the time i either listen to the music i have downloaded on my phone or whatever so these are a little bit like understandable but also kind of weird so my first one uh is broadside it's because i re-listened to their new album <laughs> you hadn't over and over again <laughs> before like never heard of ago. at all they're but your their top this album one. was amazing so i kept listening to it after we had already talked about it that was one of the like this the albums i'd go back to um so my second one which i think is the only one that really matches up with my personality of what was it the um this the moon moon your moon side the emotion yeah the moon the emotional side is taylor swift (laughs) (laughs) oh so you're Um, you're a moon taylor swift is that that (laughs) um but i think the reason why she's on there is because when folklore came out I was, like, trying to convince myself I liked it. <laughs> so I listened to it a lot because I'm like, I usually love Taylor Swift's music. And I'm like, I don't know. And I, It was a good album to put on when I'm working and I don't want to pay attention just as, like, white noise. But other than that, I didn't actually really like her new album. So I'm kind of surprised it's, like, that high up. It's probably literally, it was probably in the process of me trying to convince myself that it was there. Third one is Machine Gun Kelly again for the podcast i think i ang- i think i anger like my hate listen to that just because of like obviously obviously we gave it a good rating but the the second half of that i just would get angry and i'm like no it's not this i also kind of was like no it's not this good um seaway is my next one which i think was be- did i do i did a brand doesn't know about them right or was that from the podcast? I don't remember. We did, um, they came out with Big Vibes a couple. Oh, like, right, right, right. So again, so yeah, no, we, we still have, we still have uh, Seaway on the list for you to do for Brian Doesn't Know. There we go. And then Marshmallow is my last one, which I get because I listened to the Demi Lovato mash or collaboration with Marshmallow and, um, the A Day to Remember, uh, collaboration with Marshmallow. Yeah. More times than I can describe. So I am not surprised by that one. That one I'm not surprised by. But I would also like to put a disclaimer on this, that because I have all-time lows, you know, it, it, they should be my number one because I've listened to Wake Up Sunshine more than I can, times that I can count. But the reason why it's not is because I have the CD on my phone, so I listen to it all the time. And it's also not taking into account the fact that Slayton and I listen to specifically Sleeping In and Monsters almost every single time we're in the car. However, it's on his phone on his YouTube account because I don't have unlimited data because I live in like the 1990s. I I didn't have data back then, but you know what I mean. Still saving those minutes. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) So that's me in a, in a, in a nutshell in 2020. Okay. So my top artists were all time low. No way. So surprising. Oh my gosh. So Um, surprised. (laughs) Number two, the main, Oh my god, so surprised. No way. Um, <laughs> Grayscale, Sleep On It, and Neck Deep. Oh my god, so surprised. <laughs> so I was actually so surprised that Broadside was not in my in my top five artists. Also, like even more surprised that it was that they were in Brian's top five and not in my top <laughs> they five. They were my I'm number like, one. Actually, like a little bit hurt by it. So I don't know. You're you're just convinced Spotify is wrong. I feel and I. I don't have all-time low in mind, and I'm like, that is literally the essence of our friendship. Like, that's I how know. we based this whole thing. <laughs> if um, we didn't have all-time low, we wouldn't be friends. <laughs> probably. Uh, I'm just, like, so surprised Broadside isn't in there. I feel like I listened to um, The Raging Sea on repeat, like, as much as I did Wake Up Sunshine, but I think we just had a little bit of longer time with Wake Up Sunshine, mm-hmm. so maybe... Yeah, could I don't it. know. And then, like, the main, I listen to the main every single day, pretty much. So, like, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Grayscale, I, like, if I ever don't know what to listen to, if I'm, like, 
you know, doing, if I'm like driving or if I'm working or if I'm doing anything and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to decide what to put on right now. I'll put on Nella Vita <laughs> every well, time. Kelly, I was going to say, I'm, I'm super not surprised by Grayscale because I think yeah. um, at least once per episode this entire year, you mentioned Nella Vita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised by All Time Low, The Main, and Grayscale at all because they're always on repeat. Sleep On It, I'm a little surprised by. I feel like I listened to them a lot in February and March because I saw them live at the mm-hmm. very beginning of March or end of February. March 5th. Well, mine was March 5th, yeah, so earlier. Yeah, so I know I listened to them a lot, like, the beginning of 2020, Um so must have been enough to carry through to the rest of the year. I mean, I have, like, some of their songs, like, always in my rotation, like, in my liked songs and a lot of my playlists and stuff like that. But I don't feel like I've gone to, like, search Sleep On It and, like, you know, listen to them, like, alone. You know what I mean? They're always, like, on some of my playlists, but I don't know. Um, and Neck Deep was probably due to their new album, yeah, I'm which, guessing. I mean, I think is probably also part of the reason why Broadside didn't make it on. Because if you recall, Neck Deep's new album and Broadside's new album came out the same day. Oh, right, right. So it, Broadside might have been right there, right after Neck Deep. I am just so surprised because I go back to, like, I still listen to The Raging Sea, like, a lot. I haven't gone okay. back to listen to All Distortions Are Intentional. Mm-hmm. Again, That's like true. I mean, again, there's a couple songs on it that I like. Yeah, and but I not still the full album. But but the Raging Sea, I'll go back and listen to the whole thing cover to cover, like yeah. still a lot. So like, yeah. I'm a little surprised. I'm not. I don't like fully buy into that one. But um, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, I know data is data. But like, yeah. Well, it's interesting thing. though, just because you know, um, you know, next episode we're gonna talk about you know our bests and worsts and. Um, Based on, like, you know, what we've talked about, you know, off off the show, I don't feel like any of our top artists are our bests. I mean, not, I'm not saying all of them, but, like, I don't feel like it's super indicative of what we think, uh, of what I think we're going to say is best of the best, you know? I, well, especially Brienne. <laughs> I see Brienne, like, shaking her head at me, and she's like, mm-mm. <laughs> But yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely have to see. So uh, tune in next week, next in two weeks. Next episode. Next episode. I'm also very surprised that um, Backstreet Boys isn't on here. I'm pretty sure they were on here last year. <laughs> um, I think yeah, they, they were definitely... number five last year. But I don't know. I mean, I, probably because we started the podcast, and I yeah. am now listening to even more pop punk than I used to. So yeah. sometimes, you know, it, it knocked them down. Just a little bit. Sorry, boys. Also, I think we're we're both just really sad that their tour got canceled. So it's like I can't listen to this. It's just gonna be sad. Very true. Yep. So Bree, you were talking about like you know how All Time Low definitely should have been on your top artist because you listen to um, Sleeping In and Monster so much, and so my top songs were um, all. Wake Up Sunshine songs. It was Some Kind of Disaster, Sleeping In, Getaway Green, Melancholy, Kaleidoscope, and Monsters in that order, right? And I gotta say, I was, I listened to, like, just like you, I listened to Monsters about a thousand times, like, um, and we were trying to learn the rap. Yeah, exactly. Like, I must have listened to it about 87 million times to learn that rap. And for the fact that it's number five and not number one, it, that seems, like, sus to me. And right? Isn't it, that the like, order they came out, off? though, with singles? It is, though. You're That's what I was going to say. I, I, These were the singles. And that definitely gave you more time with it. Plus, then I was listening to the album. And, like, I, again, I'm going to say, like, I... I didn't realize I listened to Wake Up Sunshine so much this year. Um, I loved the album, but I, I felt like I had other albums more on repeat. So, as you know, I, I would hate to say this about All Time Low, because they're my number one, but I don't think they should have been my number one, like, listened to. But I guess, you know, data's data, whatever. But, yeah. I've also heard a lot of people disagree with, like, this stuff, because it's not, I mean, it's data, but then they also have an algorithm of, like, what you go back to the most, too, on top of it. So it's not completely just, like, you know numbers and whatnot or at least yeah, that's what i've heard but hmm. it should be i'm just gonna numbers. say that if it was an algorithm because i don't i don't believe it yeah. <laughs> so my top five were the exact same top five as michelle's 
except sleeping in was number one and some kind of disaster was number two. <laughs> Literally the exact same. And I'm a little bit, it's a little boring and I'm a little upset by it. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like looking at my, the, the playlist they make you, your top 100 songs mm-hmm. of 2020. Like looking through that, I'm like, yeah, I feel like I go back to a lot of like, I listen to a lot of these songs on repeat, but there are like some in there that I'm like, I swear to God, I listened to this like one time. Why is this in here? You know what I mean? Like maybe it's on a playlist or something that I put on and like in the background it just plays, and don't listen yeah. to or something and it just always plays. But I don't know. I, I guess like this all of All Time Low's singles make sense because we were like freaking out and very, very excited each time one of those came out so we literally like i think all of us listened to those like some when some kind of disaster came out i lit that's all i listened to for like one full week yeah and you have to remember like all of this happened right at the beginning of lockdown yeah um right so in march and it was like probably like the first it was when we first started the podcast it, it was when um you know it was like probably the first like album that we were excited about for the year so it was mm-hmm. like definitely like our go-to kind of thing yeah for sure i think um i'm looking through so i'm looking through my hundred hundred songs right now do it do you have any songs that are like your like a guilty pleasure song or something on here that's 98 percent of what mine is Ooh, i don't think so i think i i literally think it's all it's all pretty par for the course i don't think there's like a single thing wait so what are your top 10 where are your additional five after those two guys since you guys have the exact same ones like okay meet you start uh beyond my control meet me at the altar foolish believer broadside when you know neck deep trouble is all time low and tell me more by uh waster oh um at this point i think we're like almost two years into uh, identity crisis and i still yeah. have that album on repeat all the time it. it's, it's that one one's on my, my top favorites. 100 somewhere yeah um, i have i have a, a few of um identity crisis on here i have at least three or four yeah so my next five were neck deep low life grayscale inviolate four years strong talking myself in circles oh interesting um between you and me dakota is that five one two three no, that was four. Um, and Foolish Believer, Broadside. Oh, I had Foolish Believer on there, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so we basically have the same exact... Six out of ten, we have the same. <laughs> yeah. So, my top, well, five slash ten, depending on what we're doing, uh, it's where we take a quick left turn into what the fuck land. Um, so, my number one song that I streamed was The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Here's the reason why. Slayton and I, we live in Florida, so we go to the beach all the time, socially distance, all that faith. You know, we were safe. But uh, our go-to when we're at the beach is we listen to the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack because it's, like, the best, like, old-school, like, 70s and 80s music that, like, you just jam to, and it's, like, very beachy without, you know... It's, it's, it's just very relaxing. And I think that The Chain is the one we skipped the least out of the song so i think that's how that ended up at number one uh but also another proof that i rarely use spotify other than the podcast um because then the next three <laughs> is the setting sun heavenly and nights alone all by broadside all off of uh into the raging sea <laughs> <laughs> nice and then uh my fifth one is savage love by jason derulo the song Ugh. that took over tiktok i can't with because of tiktok i can't listen to that song it oh, like, see, I love that song. It hurts my I ears. love it. Savage so there's that. Love, it's my, it's my breaking Oh, see, I love it. Um, so then, I'm just going to do my top ten. So then, uh, six, I've got is Rescue Me by Marshmallow Didn't Remember, which makes uh-huh. sense why Marshmallow was so high earlier. Uh, <laughs> this song is on my workout playlist that I use. Uh, it's called Talkie Talkie. It's with Selena Gomez and a bunch of d- random people. It's, it's like, mostly in Spanish, but it's, like, got a great beat to work out to. Oh, um, I think I know that song, yeah. Yeah. Then we're back, then we're back into Broadside with Breathe You In. Uh... 
And then, hold on, that was one, two, three, four. Okay, so then, uh, and then my fifth, my tenth one is Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. <laughs> Which was also on our, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy beach playlist. And that's, like, one of our go-tos that Slayton and I sing back and forth to each other. So, hold on, let me double check. That's one, two, I love three, it. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so that's my top ten. But... Uh, yeah, so mine's mine is just proof that I don't listen to Spotify except for if I'm at the beach or for this podcast <laughs> or working out apparently. Uh, yeah, so Brie Ears is clearly the most interesting out of all of ours. <laughs> all yeah, of ours. yeah, it's got the most variety because uh, literally, like mine is all pop punk. Like my top 100, I don't think there's a single not pop punk song on there. Right? Um, yeah, I don't think wow. there's a single oh. one. I, I completely forgot. I have some, some Justin Bieber. Most of mine isn't pop punk, but uh, I completely forgot. I actually went through my top 100 songs, and I have not one by All Time Low. What? Wow. Because I listen, because I own all their music, and I don't want to waste data, so I just listen to it through my phone. Don't you, like, download your Spotify songs so you don't have to use data when you listen to them? I didn't know that was a thing, Kel. Well, you're welcome. Uh, what was i gonna say yeah it's it's my i don't see a single not pop punk song i've got wow that's impressive that's very on brand for you very on brand Mm -hmm. i'm so on brand you guys don't even know um yeah this it's all pop punk um and i mean it makes sense because you know my top genre was pop punk and um I only just apparently, according to again to Spotify, I discovered only ninety eight new artists, which I think is bananas. But I guess maybe I knew a lot of the artists we were listening to this year. Uh, but I'm surprised I managed to discover thirty seven new genres. Cause uh, what? Cause I mean, my top genres were pop punk, modern rock, pop rap, rock, and emo, all pretty much in the same vein. And I like I said, it's my my top one hundred is all pop punk. So I don't know what these thirty seven new genres are. <laughs> Well, it also plays back into the, you know, genre is a myth bullshit because I had uh, 142 genres that I listened to and 96 yeah. of those were new. So, yeah, because like, I think because the way I think they categorize everything, it's all like relative, right? Specific. It's And it's all like variations of the same thing because I'm pretty sure like last year I had like Canadian pop punk on my top genres because I probably listened to a lot of Simple Plan. <laughs> and <laughs> so, I think there was like another, a lot of other Canadian bands that I was listening to last year too. So my fifth top genre is New Zealand pop or NZ pop. So I'm assuming that's New Zealand. But what, what the okay. fuck is that, first Why? of all? Uh, but yeah, my, my genres go pop, pop punk, rock, pop rap, and then in NZ pop. Okay. So odd. So, my, I had one surprise one. So mine are pop punk, pop, modern rock. Number four, tropical house. Oh. And five, pop rap. Tropical House. Yeah. So what's uh, what uh, what did you listen to that was Tropical House? What is what well, is tropical? As I was looking through my top one hundred, there's nothing that's tropical or house. The only tropical song I would say is maybe Wobble. <laughs> oh, it could be Wobble, um, yeah. But like I don't know. I guess that's funny. I, I don't know. Spotify should give us the option to like look at things by genre. So you should t- yeah. be able to type in Tropical House Click and it, see yeah. like. <laughs> I don't know. I did listen to, feel like I listened to Avicii a lot, but I don't know that he's Tropical House. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? That's the closest um, I could think of. But I think I definitely use Spotify the most out of all of us. I listened almost 25,000 minutes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, which really upset me in a little a bit. Because uh, I'm very competitive, and I'm like half of that at like tw- nearly like, 12,500 minutes and I'm like wow I really have to up my game because honestly seriously I'm not gonna lie to you I might be making it up and I might really be overinflating my numbers but in previous years I swear I was like in 60 and 80,000 minutes but I might like I said I might be making that up because I don't y'all you need to step up your game I have 3,000 minutes (laughs) (laughs) well I mean now we you know. You just need to track your minutes on other devices. No, uh, now going into 2021, I am like, I'm fucking coming for it. Like Spotify I'm all the way. Shit top. 
yeah, I'm not going to have this bullshit top five songs or top whatever. Like, I need to get my <laughs> shit together and you get all-time low back in my life. And that's just what's going to end up happening. Yeah, no, I definitely think... Um... It, it what uh, made a big difference for me was that I usually listen to a lot of music in the car or when I'm working, uh, but I've been working from home. Uh, I'm excited to see like not only what ends up being my Spotify Wrapped next year, but uh, all the new music that's going to come out of that Wrapped playlist. So, so if uh, you've made it this far, listening to us ramble about ourselves, because you know what, yeah, it's the end of the year, and this was our one chance to like really talk about ourselves. I mean, even though we ha- we've done it before, but you know, whatever. Um, we're gonna move into a little bit more of a, a general topic, and we're gonna in- get in the festive mood and talk about some of our holiday song favorites. <laughs> I think risen to the occasion of festive music. It's always like sometimes it's a little weird when you're at like a family gathering or something and like someone's like, oh, put on a Christmas playlist. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And then suddenly, like, um, it's punk goes Christmas. <laughs> yeah, suddenly punk goes Christmas is like glaring on the speakers. Um, but I think there's some really great and universal kind of like pop punk Christmas songs. Um, so I'll give you three of my favorites, like three of my favorite pop punk Christmassy songs, and then my favorite non, like my favorite classic one. Um, okay, probably my favorite, the main Ho Ho Hopefully, just makes me so warm and fuzzy. Um, we go together like the winter in a sweater, just like makes me feel so happy and so <laughs> Christmassy and wintry. I love it. Um, but also, uh, that whole their whole um what is it in a happy new year or something is that the name of their like little christmas ep EP, their little christmas ep yeah they so this one mr winter and santa stole my girlfriend um they so i was at ll bean a couple weeks ago and randomly like just you know somewhere i think it was in like burlington massachusetts they just were playing mr winter at an LL Bean. Absolutely freaked out. <laughs> Can you just, like, imagine the scenario? Like, you don't, they don't play, like, they're playing all normal Christmas songs, like, not obscure Christmas songs at all. And then out of nowhere, I hear the intro to Mr. Winter, and I, I would just freeze. I'm trying on jackets, and I put this jacket on, and I'm like... What is happening? What? And I... And... I just like didn't know what to do with myself. I just like was started having like a, a serious freak out. I was like, why is this why is this playing right now? Like I was like a little like angry because I was like, how do they know this song? How are they playing this right now? And then I just started I just like kind of freaked out for like at least however long the song is, three well, minutes. I don't so know. I mean, I can totally get that because like I in general, when I hear like one of our songs anywhere, Any like song, you know they yeah. they play it on like on NFL games, like they play it in other stores. Like I've heard right. Hey Monday in the grocery store. The other day, I was uh, rewatching the the TV series Greek, and uh-huh. um, I, I texted you guys. Remember, and I was like, guys, I just heard Come One Come All. Re- First of all, major throwback uh, yeah. from All Time Low on on Greek, and I was like, what the fuck? And like, it feels so weird. Yeah, but then like like you said at when it becomes christmas pop punk it's like even more obscure and you're like it's so cannot compute (laughs) literally that's exactly what was happening in my head i didn't know what to do um but okay anyway my other favorite christmas songs all i can give you by jason lancaster um it's just so amazing his voice is so perfect in it and it's so it's just a really sweet song it's just like so sweet so definitely listen to that one if you haven't um and my other favorite is his favorite Christmas story by Capital Lights. Have you either of you listened to this one? I think I have. Mm-hmm. I think oh. I know which one this is. I'm gonna need you to like both go listen to it. But um, so it's like kind of like a sad. It's well, I mean it's like heartwarming, touching, but like also kind of sad song. Um, I'm not gonna like say the story in the song, but because I want you to go listen to it, but. It's, um, the first time I heard this song probably was a couple years ago, and I was driving home from work, which is about, like, a 45-minute, 45 45-minute 45 drive, and this song came on, 
probably like in the first five minutes or so of my drive. And as the song's going about, like you don't know what's going to kind of be sad at the end. So you're like singing. Oh, so it's like me getting hit with like a truck by the, uh, what's that song? 1970 something from uh, Nick D. So like you're jamming along. You're like, wow, this is so cool. I like this song. And then all of a sudden it just like, it happens. And I, I literally had this song on repeat for 45 minutes and was just crying the entire ride home. Just like. My festive car ride home just turned into me listening to his favorite Christmas story for 40 minutes, just like sobbing, trying to keep my eyes open so I could drive. Please go listen to it. It's a really great song. Just the fact that you started crying and then you continued to listen to it over and over again. Oh my God. It's just so good. It's just so good. You just needed to get all the tears out. That's what it was. I was going to say, like, were you so. going through Maybe some Maybe I shit? was just in one of those moods, you know, where you just, like, need to get it all out. Yeah. And I was, like, found something that made me cry. So, like, let's just really capitalize. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, all right. Is that all I have? What else uh, do I have? No. Your classic one. Oh, my classic. Um, Wonderful Christmas time. That one's just so fun, isn't it? Simply... Wonderful Christmas time. Great song. You just can like bop along. I'm bopping for those of you that are listening because I actually I actually have a funny story about that song. Um so when I was in high school I worked at Justice, which was formerly known as Limited (laughs) Two. I actually worked there when it was Limited Two and then transitioned with the store into Justice. Um but Christmas album comes out because we get a CD that you put in the back or whatever. And I'm in high school and we put the CD in and I'm listening. And simply having one for Christmas time comes on and I'm like, yeah, and I'm vibing. And then all of a sudden there's like a beat drop and it turns into like this shitty like techno remix. And I was so angry. I'm like, this song is one of the best Christmas songs. You do not fuck with this song. How dare you? And I got so mad and I am like visibly angry. My boss is like, are you okay? And I explained it to her, and she was like, we're going to hear it a lot, so just get over it. Oh, my God. Deal with it. I think that's, like, one really good thing about pop pop punk Christmas is they make their own songs. Like, a lot – I mean, some of – there are some covers, like, pop punk covers of Christmas songs. But all of my favorite ones are, like, you know – Original. Original pop punk Christmas Mm. songs. I think that's what I love about pop punk Christmas songs because, for me, I actually – so it was hard for me to choose like a classic because like for me it's just you know christmas music cool but like i don't like i'm not like obsessive over christmas music like some people i've i just i've never it's never been my thing um i prefer christmas movies um but uh what has really gotten me over the like i think probably in the last five years what gets me in the christmas mood is pop punk christmas music and it makes me like the original like christmas music better when they do the covers and then their own original songs too like mm-hmm. yeah I, I definitely agree with you kelly ho ho hopefully the main is probably like my absolute top uh christmas song there's nothing better it's so perfect it really is and then uh, i was actually uh, decorating the tree the other day and uh, fool's holiday came on and loved it uh, it's actually funny because i put on like uh, my my pop punk christmas playlist for while well, me and my mom were decorating the tree and she was like what is all this i really like this and, and i'm like well mom you know me i love my pop punk so, oh my God. so <laughs> and she was she was feeling it she loved all of it like every song that came on she's like i like this and i'm like Ooh, yeah so new pop punk fan in the ring well she's always kind of liked it she's been on the fringes she doesn't like everything but she likes some stuff yeah. um but yeah you know and uh um another one that i i really enjoy um and it's a band i really enjoy is man overboard um father christmas by man overboard that one's a really great song and then um a silly one that's not super christmasy but it's just fun is a uh, west coast christmas by ann arbor that one is cute. I like those that are those are fu- some fun songs. And then we are not talking about music news this episode, but <laughs> Newfound Glory just released uh, December's here, and I'm really kind of digging it. It's a it's a nice little uh, Christmassy song, you know, a little about December and whatnot. So, so it wouldn't be 
I needed to make up for my Spotify situation, so All Time Low was obviously the first thing I went to for this stuff. And, uh, <laughs> originally, I was going to put Fool's Holiday, but then I saw you had it me, so I feel like that got enough love. But Merry Christmas, Kiss My Ass was probably the first pop-punk Christmas song I'd ever listened to. Oh, yeah. I fucking love that one. It's just so good. because I think it's just fun to be like, Merry Christmas, Kiss My Ass, you know? It's just like, you also, fuck you. Also, the, my favorite part is the end of the song ends with the Chevy Chase uh you know merry christmas merry christmas merry christmas happy hanukkah kiss my ass kiss his ass from yeah. uh, vac- christmas vacation it's like the best uh, oh yeah then, i love that part too it's it's so great uh it's also probably one of my favorite christmas movies um <laughs> and then for uh the other one I, I only have two pop punk ones and i have a couple random ones um yellow cards christmas lights uh it hits home first of all it's it's such a sweet song and it's like it the melody is so great and then uh the lyrics when you're waiting for the snow to fall it doesn't feel like christmas at all it's become my anthem of like (laughs) bah humbug of me living in florida like right now i'm surrounded by christmas legs there's christmas decorations everywhere and i'm just like it's 45 well it's been it's been cold this week so it's been the 40s this week which is exciting but uh, leading up to wow. about two days ago, it was in the 80s over Thanksgiving. Like, I, it is so hard to get in the Christmas spirit when it's freaking warm. I just, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a little, you know, set in my ways. But no, also, I feel that is from Jacksonville, so that's another little yeah. added bonus. So, but I feel that Bray. Like uh, one year, I went uh, to visit my family in Argentina for the holidays, and in Argentina, it's summer during. Uh, Christmas and New Year and um, it was so weird I, I I just couldn't I didn't feel as Christmassy as I usually do even though you know like it was the first Christmas I ever spent with my family in Argentina and it was like it was so nice to be able to like you know spend it with them and but it was just it was just weird and it was funny because um for my parents when they first came to the U.S. Uh, you know, they're used, they were used to uh, holidays and summer. So for, you know, there's fireworks and barbecues and all of this stuff. And then, and then all of a sudden they're here and they were alone and it was snowing and it was cold and they were so depressed. But, you know, obviously for for them now, it's like come to be like for them, Christmas is cold. And so, yeah. So, so they went, when we went there, they also felt like this is weird. This isn't how uh, it should be. (laughs) Okay. So those are my two pop punk ones. But then I have, well, I also had simply having a wonderful Christmas time because it's classic. But uh, I have two other ones that I need you guys to listen to. Uh, Happy Christmas, War is Over by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Um, This song really hits home with me. It's one of my dad's favorite Christmas songs. And we used to listen to it all the time when we would, like, go run errands and stuff. So for me, that one just, like, hits me in the feels because it reminds me of my dad. Um, Then, this this is the hill I am going to die on. (laughs) <laughs> best christmas album that was ever made was hanson snowden i will die on this hill it is the best christmas album period it slaps like it's what so about, fucking good what about lizzie mcguire's uh or hillary well, lizzie mcguire hillary duff's um santa claus lane you got that? Oh, I too. love that one. No, it's but so no, you guys need to go listen. You guys need to listen to it. My sister and I have a tradition where every year when we're putting up the Christmas tree, we put on the Hanson CD and the whole and just rock out and listen to the Christmas uh, while we're decorating. <laughs> but they, she, uh, she and my brother-in-law got a record player. I think it was last year, maybe the year before. And so she asked for Christmas. She was like, I want records to listen to, you know, whatever. And so I bought her, her favorite album from high school was Eminem's, uh, the album cover with the, him standing on the stage. I can't think of the name of it. It was, it was the quintessential, uh, Eminem album from like 2007. That, and then I also bought her the Snowden album because apparently they made it on vinyl (laughs) so literally the day after thanksgiving she sent me a video of her listening to it while they were putting up the tree and i'm just like oh it gave me feels i miss them but yeah so everyone needs to go listen to hansen's christmas cd it's called snowed in (laughs) it's great i love it It might just be the fact that it's tradition for me at this point it actually sucks but we'll see (laughs) you know after you guys both said like wonderful christmas time like being your like one of your top christmas songs i i'll say like i, I that's def- definitely like one of the better ones 
Yeah, because like I'm just not gonna go out of my way to like put on Christmas music if it's there. Like, cool, oh, happy, whatever. But whatever. <laughs> the, the, I, I, yeah. I I might actually put on Wonderful Christmas Time though. It's so cute. You just have to like. It's just such fun to sing along to. Yeah, for me, for Christmas songs, I usually listen to it when I'm in the car, and since we aren't going anywhere, isn't you know as bad. But it works out because quick tangent um last year when i was it was like right before christmas and i haven't gone home for christmas in a couple years now um so it's been it's i have mixed emotions about it um and i remember i was driving and it was like right before my parents were coming down for christmas and it was raining and i was listening to the radio and i'll be home for christmas came on the i'll be home if Uh. i started fucking bawling my eyes out and driving on the highway in the rain i'm like this is insane i feel you and it was it was just rough so that is also another really great song but when you don't live near your family it is the worst yeah well we'll have the best of christmas songs and when i say christmas songs i mean christmas pop punk songs on a playlist for you guys so uh you know the deal follow us on facebook and instagram and you can find it there or head on over to www.themoshpitpod.com and uh we have a playlist page with tons of fun playlists for you guys to listen to so check that out um so uh moving from like christmas to new year kind of vibes (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna talk a little bit about the year that was 2020 like i said next episode we're going to talk about best and worst but you know we're going to talk about like trends this episode like things we saw especially you know with um the impact from covid a lot of things changed in the scene this year so we're gonna dive into that a bit okay so to start off with the biggest thing that was impacted this year was touring because with the pandemic venues closed and nobody could be at a show in person because i mean we've talked about it throughout the year and like just you know there's been shows and it was terrible because those just crowds it's not okay um like and especially for our scene like with the mosh pits and the crowd surfing there's just so much touching and sweating and it's not okay so (laughs) um so there was you know uh bands had to adapt um and the i think the biggest thing that we can all agree on is that that move went to live streams you know i think there was such a push to digital this year like we were i I know the three of us were following bands all over the place um you know what like there was just a constant announcement oh we're having a live stream this week and oh we're doing a q a oh we're doing this we're doing that and it was all on their socials and uh and I think it showed in this day and age how important it is for bands in this scene uh, in particular, I think, to really have that digital presence, that interaction, that engagement with fans online because mm-hmm. um, lo- look what happened. <laughs> yeah, I think um, so over the course of the last, what has it been, eight, nine months, mm-hmm. like live streams have kind of like obviously become like the go-to thing i guess to to interact with fans and play music and things like that i feel like at the be i I remember us talking about this at the very beginning of of lockdown we were like wow this is cool like bands are doing live streams like free live stream shows and like it's like the modern day standing on a street corner playing music and then like here we are Nine yeah, this later, was, like, the busking the busking yeah and like ha- we've all kind of attended an uh, unknown number of live streams now over the past however many months and um it's been interesting though to see some of the other ideas that that bands are coming up with too well just to to go off of on a live stream thing on top of it too it's not just you know i mean there's obviously a lot of bands that came out with new music and they wanted to tour but they couldn't so they did you know live streams of Mm -hmm. that music but then you see a band you know like all time low doing a series of live streams but they've been performing songs that they admit that they would never have played at an actual concert 
So seeing some of those songs that we all know and love, but only on the albums live was a little like, it kind of was like a little silver lining of the whole situation because obviously we never would have seen that particular song, you know, played live otherwise. So mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just interesting the little Easter eggs or the little silver linings we can find. It's not just a concert, it's concert content that we never would have seen. Yeah, Mm-mm. definitely the benefit of it. Um, and, you know, I think, like, there's been, like, bands, I think, like, Sleep On It, um, Jake and um, Zach from sleep on it like they started like a podcast kind of thing or like a, and you know so i it's beyond the music you know we're getting to see these bands on another level you know getting to know them like you know speaking of all time low alex and jack brought podcast back not full frontal anymore but crash test live you know so there's there's a lot of a lot more in the scene now beyond the music for sure yeah a lot more content i think because what are they you know, need to do something to keep their fans, I get like excited and and engaged and all of that. So it's um it's been really interesting to see what people are coming up with. Yeah, and um, I think definitely one of the most innovative for me was um, Boys of Fall album release, like visual documentary. Um, mm-hmm. So so they, it was almost like a live stream in the sense that like they played they did it was like kind of like music videos like it, like stitched together with like interviews and i mean it, it was a documentary that's what it was but <laughs> that, that's what a documentary is but um just the way it, it was um, put together and like kind of it, it was um like an it was an interactive album listening experience and i thought it was really cool and well done and um, I think that was probably one of my top, I guess, content for the year that, uh, you know, that we've seen bands come out with. Um, I also liked how, you know, some bands are obviously most of them are doing live streams. But I also appreciated that, like, some bands came out with, like, Zoom, you know, mean greets. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, so that way, A, they're interacting with fans that much more. But it's also one-on-one. And I feel like a Zoom, like, personally, I remember the one time that I ever did any kind of like meet and greet situation it wasn't even a meet and greet it was literally just like a signing and kelly remember well you remember this it was you me and Paige, and i remember you had just turned 21 and you were so excited to tell them that so that way you could drink at the concert i just could not get words out because i was just like oh my god it's all time low (laughs) so i feel like in a zoom meet and greet it'd be a little less pressure because they're not physically in front of you like you can see them and you can talk to them but it's not as like so I feel like I kind of want to do one of those eventually, but it just well. I don't know. So I I totally agree because like I remember the first time like I met like Cash Cash, and I f- remember the first time I met All Time Low and uh, and you know the first time I met Yellow Card and Newfound Glory and all these bands, and it is so much pressure, especially because you know in person there's it's not one on one. It's a group of you. Like there's a lot of you, so it's it, it's quick, you know, and so you have to be ready to like you know interact with them and you might not be because you're so starstruck and you're like oh my god but yeah it, on the whole like one-on-one it, it even though i don't think in, in general they're long because you know if they were spending an hour yeah. with every person that didn't meet and greet which would be <laughs> awesome but you know um but yeah i think it's a little bit more personal and like you know you get to know them and you know it, I, I know bands like The Main. I know John O remembers a lot of fans. Like, he recognizes people and knows them by name. And, you know, I think that's a great way for bands to really get to know their fans on that really personal level. For sure. Um, some other kind of trends in the scene, switching over to, like, more of the actual, you know, the sound, the pop punk sound and how that has maybe evolved a little bit over the course of 2020. Um, something I noticed a little bit in some of the new music we've been listening to is like added production in the way of like synths and um, some more like electronic type Mm -hmm. sounds that are included. Um, I have really actually enjoyed that a lot. Um, Yeah, it's more on like the pop side, the modern pop side of pop punk, but like I, I think it really like livens things up a little bit and when it's used tastefully <laughs> is the word I'll use um I really really like that new trend yeah um 
I think, and I think, you know, it's a product of the state of the world, you know, like we're just so uh, connected, especially now, uh, you know, as we were just discussing that um, it's, uh, it, it goes back to what we were talking about with the genre overlaps, you know, and mm-hmm. it just kind of all melds together at this point. And, you know, we've seen collaborations happen, like, across states without even like meeting in person so like it's just Mm -hmm. easy to incorporate someone's sound some another sound into your sound when it doesn't when you're not even like there to like work out the kinks and stuff um and um but yeah i I totally agree kyle i I mean we saw it in like point north we saw it um who else did we see it in i feel like a lot like a lot of recent um a lot of recent bands, like even Boys of Fall, I don't know if there's any like electronic elements there, but um, like their production was just like a lot was like really high. All Time Low included some, yeah. I think um, Broadside, Neck Deep had a lot of. Oh, Neck Deep definitely had like a, a lot of too much production, but yeah. like well, um, all those distortions all were intentional. intentional. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what I was sitting here waiting to say. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah, um, Stand Atlantic. On Pink Elephant, they did yeah. a lot of different, like, production elements. Seaway, too. Remember, so, they had a lot of, like, Seaway, weird... Yeah, like, really a lot of the new music that we talked about We've talked this about year there, yeah, yeah. had, you know, some element of, like, additional production that I feel like if that album was released one year ago, I don't know that it would have, had the know, same. had those same Been that intense. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, talking about bands like Stand Atlantic... Um, maybe it's because we were searching it out more and, you know, we, we've been talking about representation of the scene throughout the year. And, um, I, I feel like we still have got a ways to go, but I'm definitely seeing more women in the scene. And, you know, with that comes the ability to have this dual vocals that we love, this contrast, you know, and, and, you know, it's not only with, um, uh, women that you can do the contrast like there there's plenty of bands that have um you know two male singers that g- go back and forth with each other i mean going all the way back to mayday parade you know it's it's been a progression into that and i think you know it we were talking about production i think it adds it's another added value uh for songs to have that mix of vocals because it just it, it, it's just it, it takes you back and forth in a way that you know you, the song doesn't become stale yeah it keeps you interested so you don't tune out i feel like that's usually what the one of my biggest com- not complaints my, what i've noticed the most over you know since we've been started this podcast and you know i've been like talking more and more about songs a lot of the time i have to listen to them multiple times because i do tune out because it is so formulaic so it's nice with a dual vocal that it keeps you the second you hear the second voice, you're like, oh, what's that? And you, you you're like, what's going on? Who, who's that? <laughs> oh, hey, girl, hi. <laughs> but on with the dual vocals, it also Ooh. plays into, you know, the genre crossovers and whatnot. Like, we had, you know, a lot of mainstream features this year. Like, uh, All Time Low just mm-hmm. re-released Monsters with not only Black Bear, but now Demi Lovato's on that song. Um, and then uh, that one song from MGK with Halsey. Yeah, and, Forget Me Too. Yeah, like there was a lot of really good crossovers with genres, not just with artists and whatnot. So I thought that was a something that... Yeah, you know, I mean, I look mean, at A Day happens, to Remember with Marshmello, too. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it happens, obviously, but I feel like it's a lot more prevalent this year. Especially, you know, I think because everyone kind of is in this digital collaboration mindset that it's a lot easier to reach out to random people who you might not have ever thought would collab together. You know, like, the whole Demi Lovato thing was came out of left field. I mean, obviously they know each other beforehand and whatnot, but it was just no one was really expecting them to re-release a song in the middle of, you know, after the song's mm-hmm. been out for so long. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, finally, I think, for me, in terms of music... We saw a lot of darker themes across the board, um, like barring "Wake Up Sunshine" because it's sunshine. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but in general, you know, I think a lot of albums explored a lot of, uh, you know, the, the the darker side of things. You know, because I mean, a lot of this 
yes, they had been written, but a lot of it adapted to the state of the year, you know? Um, you know, they say that some of the best art comes out in the darkest times, and I think that is a very relevant quote to the age we're living in right now, you know? Not only uh, this pandemic, but, you know, the last few years, uh, the, the, the political aspect in this country um you know there's been in the u.s there's been a lot of division and um polarization yeah polarization and it's um i think that's definitely impacted art you know because the time you're living in is you people write what they know and i think we see that in the music you know i completely agree so (laughs) even even from last episode talking about the boys of fall album like they the, the sound was definitely, we, we talked about it, like how it's very different from their previous stuff. And, it, you know, we don't know necessarily if that was a choice because of 2020 or if it was just because, you know, that's how they wanted life to be. But, you know, it's, it's I feel like it was kind of co- like, it's t- there's too many instances of it to be a coincidence of like all of this music that is now coming out just happens to be a little bit more in the edgier, darker side. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like musically, like Kelly was talking about before with the production and everything, musically it's going a little bit more pop, but then it uh, thematically it's going maybe a little bit more punk. And, you know, we, we've talked about it before, like pop punk, you know, it's pretty lighthearted in its themes, but it, it felt a little bit more serious this year for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more like pop emo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I guess one more trend that we started to see this year around album releases, obviously, you know, things got release dates, things like that got affected by, uh, by the lockdown and, you know, bands want to tour after they release, release an album and that couldn't happen. So I think a lot of bands were maybe trying to wait it out to see, you know, what this would look like. How long is this going to last? Can we wait and release the album and then tour? But um that kind of um I guess mindset caused a little caused I think delays in some album releases and then also we saw many more artists release a bunch of singles before before the album actually drops so like a lot of the albums we talked about this year they drop you know sometimes up to half the album before the release day yeah, that was definitely, I think, we have we said it without really noticing it throughout the year mm-hmm. that, wow, there's so yeah. many singles coming out. like, And it didn't really register until we started thinking about this, that mm-hmm. um, at max, maybe three singles per album beforehand. Now we're seeing like five, you know, and that's like, that's, that's a lot. And I think, and like you said, I think it's part of, um, the lack of being able to tour, you know, so they're they're kind of trying to squeeze out the whole album release a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah, like hyping up the release too. Yeah, exactly. So like you know, they they can't just be like, okay, here's a couple singles, awesome. Here's the album, let's go do this. It's like, yeah. no, okay, so here's a single. All right, well, you're excited for that. So here's another single. All right, mm-hmm. here's another one, and then it's like, okay, well the album's gonna come out soon, and then okay, well, uh, shit, we're still in the pandemic. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that's the funny, like, that is most of them, but I just remember the one outlier of that, while still releasing a ton of singles, was All Time Low, because going into it, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, and they were right. like, we're going to release it on time, but they still released a new single almost every week leading up to it. Like, it was a lot, and then I remember us talking about how the last two singles that came out, I, I forget which one. It was a Melancholy was Kaleidoscope and Getaway Green, I think. I think they yeah. weren't. So I think originally they weren't going to release those. Yeah, so I remember when right after the album came out, they did uh, the band did a YouTube live stream, Twitch, whatever thing, talking about the album, and they went song by song talking about it and listening to the album, and they openly said they weren't planning on releasing those, but they were like, everyone is in such a shitty state everything is such in a shitty state why not and they that's why he was like yeah these aren't like normal single songs you would hear so that's why i remember we talked about how we're like these ones were a little bit weirder for us and it's because they weren't meant to be singles they were meant to be played in the album yeah definitely weird year super Super weird year. year 
That's all I got. I'm ready. I'm ready to put it to bed. Yeah. Well, we almost have. Uh, we've got, like I said, one more episode for you guys before this year end. And that's going to be a fun one. Uh, best of the best, worst of the worst. So make sure you guys tune in for that. And then we, you will see us on, in 2021. And hopefully it'll be a better year. But until then, uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Mosh Pit Pod. And, you know, tell us what your Spotify raps look like. Tell us your favorite holiday songs. Maybe we'll add them to the playlist because, you know, you're that cool. Or, and you know what? Tell us what you saw this year. What did you like in the scene from 2020? What did you not like? Because we know there was plenty to hate. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, There's just things to hate about the year, not the scene. Um, but, yeah, so give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at the Mosh Pit Pod. Uh, we expect to hear from you. Don't be just little lurkers, you know, listening to the podcast and not engaging with us. We want you to be our friends. So there's that. Anyways, once again, don't forget to tune in next episode for the Moshies when we award the best and worst. So hashtag Mosh on, motherfuckers. Woo! <laughs>